I've always believed the foundation of our fulfillment in life doesn't come from our quote-unquote success, but rather the strength of our relationships, not only with others, but also ourselves. And how we develop a deeper connection is through self-reflection and purposeful conversations with those around us, especially like-minded individuals. And that is exactly why I created the What Fulfills You card game, to cultivate both more meaningful relationships with others, as well as ourselves on the journey of personal growth. I certainly use these questions as a guide for journal prompts and, of course, weekly check-ins with myself. And when I am playing this game with friends on a Friday night in, you bet I am enjoying it with a glass of wine or two, who knows? (laughs) Pre-order the card game now at whatfulfillsyou.com and enjoy an exclusive 10% off for listeners only with code whatfulfillsyou10 at checkout. That's whatfulfillsyou10 at checkout at whatfulfillsyou.com. Enjoy! Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to the What Fulfills You podcast or welcome if you're brand new here. My name is Emily Elizabeth, I'm your host and I just have to start off by saying I am feeling so grateful and just really good energy right now and I attribute that to just been reflecting on my life lately and I do this all the time Um, but just especially right now it's almost Thanksgiving. We're near the end of November, which is crazy because it feels like Halloween weekend was literally last week, but it wasn't. So, um, you know, time has been flying. As a lot of you know, I moved here from LA only around end of August. So what is that? September. So three months ago now. And I just um, feeling really, really grateful for my progress, but also to say too, you know, I know a lot of us can feel stagnant at times, feel like we're in a rut. I want to put it out there that I also go through that many times in a day or in a week. And I try to be as transparent as possible in sharing those moments. But I guess this is kind of my time to say, you know, hey, if you're not feeling so hot and you feel a little bit stuck right now in life or maybe stuck mentally because again I go through that as well anytime I feel that way I do a couple of things that helps help me physically first is I always go outside and go on a walk I definitely set aside time during the week to do this too just to kind of maintain my mental clarity and so even if I don't feel like I need it I force myself to do it anyway so Sundays are usually the day I take the time to walk and go read in a park that kind of thing especially while I still can because winter is going to come around and when that happens I definitely can't just post up at a park and read but um, that has always helped me with mental clarity is going on a long walk I also really encourage just calling a friend, someone that you haven't talked to in a while. And when you catch up and talk about what's going on in their life, I think that helps you, especially for me, it helps me get out of myself and stop living in my own world. And I find that when you try to be more helpful with other people and for other people, it brings a sense of you know, of course, gratitude inside, but it also just helps you feel like you have more purpose. And I think 
inadvertently that feeling of being in a rut or that feeling of being mentally clogged up is kind of lessened because I do believe when you are in a rut you are focused on yourself so much and so I just try to get outside of myself when that happens and I say that just because I know this time of year it varies for each person you know the new year is coming around it's the winter the holidays some people have FOMO about not being in a relationship and you know we throw out those we throw out those jokes about how it's like cuffing season and all of that stuff and you know I've never been a believer or a follower in many of those topics just being really honest but I understand how hard that can be for those who are not as you know accustomed to not following those beliefs and so that's just my two cents for you guys is for any of you who goes through those mental ruts throughout the week or throughout the day definitely uh, try something that physically changes you and your environment and um, usually I would say that helps with mental clarity as well. On another note, today's episode is a solo one and this one or this topic was submitted by a listener and initially I think she had mentioned more about overcoming shyness and gaining respect from peers without being overbearing but I tried to shift that wording into more about you know, shyness I know is a thing, but I think part of that is how you can gain confidence to outwork your shyness in certain scenarios, right? Like I do believe if you're introverted, you're going to stay introverted, but there are ways to bring out your extroverted side in certain environments such as social situations where you want to be more outgoing. And I think that comes from being more confident in yourself in certain parts and I do touch on you know how I built my confidence over the years because as most of you probably have heard from other people it's a work in progress it's definitely not overnight but I think there are certain themes that people don't emphasize enough when it comes to how you actually step by step build self-confidence and so I share my exact personal experience on what I did and my framework around how I can cultivate self-confidence and then also of course talking about gaining respect from other people or commanding respect in a positive way and um, I know this is a maybe common topic as well but I try to give it from my lens and practices I've implemented in my life that have allowed me to maintain that respect from people because I've certainly been disrespected in you know different parts of my life whether it was in work or friendships and all of that and um, there was definitely a rule that a good friend of mine Mike Yu who has been on the show um, he taught me probably a couple years ago just about how he holds the respect for himself and how that uh, you know trickles in to how other people treat him and so I think that was definitely something I never learned from other friends of mine. I think it really takes a stern mindset to implement that. So those are the topics I talk about today. I think this episode is overall really useful in all areas of your life including work, personal life, relationships, etc. So with that being said we will dive into it. So on this episode, I'm going to be sharing about how I have personally built my self-confidence and certain steps 
or certain knowledge that I have acquired over the years that helped me build my self-confidence and information that I feel like would be helpful for you guys in general. And then also touching on the topic of how to gain respect from other people slash overcome shyness. Someone actually submitted this on my IG stories when I took a poll or question thing um, a couple weeks ago about topics you guys would want me to do for solo episodes and I tried to bring unique topics and more of what you guys want to hear so this one I know self-confidence is definitely a big topic because I personally believe it's always a work in progress as with everything in life and so I guess just to start with self-confidence I believe it starts with self-awareness And self-awareness, in my own definition, is being aware of your strengths, even as something as silly as, let's say, like, you have a nice ass, so Kim Kardashian could say, you know, that's one of her strengths, whatever, right? Like, my mindset is if it's nice, flaunt it, do whatever you want, Um, but then as well as other traits you need to work on. So maybe you find that you talk too much or you gossip a lot or you are always late to meetings or dinners with friends um, or maybe like you are insecure about your body and figure, whatever that is. So again, it doesn't have to be something physical or external. It can also be intrinsic traits as well for both your strengths and weaknesses and I don't really like to call it weaknesses but it's just attributes that you need to improve upon and so again regarding the strengths I know I gave an example about you know let's say you have a nice butt like that can be a strength again I'm just trying to make it humorous but um, it's also about your character too right maybe you are constantly always kind and like someone I can think of that is always like this is one of my good friends Avery from college and she's someone that I would say like one of her biggest strengths is she's very warm and motherly And so it's important to think about both maybe your external strengths, so maybe your physical looks or whatever that could be, or just how you treat other people, but then also who you are as a person and your character. And if you haven't really done this before, where you wrote down what you are good at, what's great about you, and then also your weaknesses, I think that's a great place to start. And I personally did this activity probably back in 2017, 2018, when I started to really work on myself, but that goes to show you it's a total work in progress because without that time of looking inwards and being like, oh, okay, this is something I need to really work towards and and then I go take action on it and kind of like look at my progress over three to six months, again, which is a short period of time, for me, that was what was most helpful And so if you aren't aware of especially the traits that you need to work on, both physically, mentally, emotionally, then that's definitely going to be something that holds you back in building self-confidence because it's important to also be confident about what you're not great at either, right? Because if you always think you are good enough or that you are already, like you already know it all, so I'm not saying like you're not good enough, but just that, again, there's always room for improvement on something. And I always believe like if you always act like you're the smartest person or you're the hottest person or whatever person in the room, then you're never going to be able to learn. And as you learn and progress in whatever area of life, 
that's how you build confidence, especially in that particular area. So this could also, again, of course, be related to work and within your career. Maybe you work in sales or maybe you work in marketing, whatever. It's always important, especially if you speak to someone higher up, if they say, hey, do you understand this? It's very easy to be like, yeah, yeah, I understand. And then you try to figure it out on your own. But it's actually often more admirable if you can communicate effectively saying, hey, I actually still am not 100% clear about this. Can you, um, you know, help me understand better? And then you can work on that from there. So again, self-awareness applies to all areas of your life. But if we're talking about just you personally on a personal level, then that's where I would begin. And once you acknowledge to yourself who you really are, then you can start working on yourself and working on this aspect. So for me, I would start out with building off on the strengths that make me feel good and confident and prideful. And again, not too prideful, right? Not where you're like egotistic and cocky, but finding a balance to use that to carry your confidence but maybe keeping yourself in check, recognizing like, hey, you know, these are the great things about me, upkeep them, do the maintenance, whatever, but then also recognizing like, these are also some of the other things I'm working on, and I will check in on myself every three, six, nine months on how those are going, and so again, those strengths can be partially your physical looks, it could be your level of confidence with speaking to someone, or whatever that is, just acknowledge that to yourself and my best advice is if you are working really heavily on your self-confidence definitely utilize your strengths to carry out that persona so I'm not saying you should fake your confidence because I do think that's actually kind of hard to do as well when you're pretending to be confident but you're deep down not but I think what you can do instead is not being ashamed or hiding yourself when it comes to topics or parts that you know that you're you're actually like damn I'm really good at that or damn I'm I'm really this type of person like don't be afraid to present that to people when that time comes right like if there's a window of opportunity where you get to show that part of you um, and you know that that makes you feel good it definitely reflects in your energy when you speak to someone and again even like if you dress really well and you make yourself feel confident um, a quote I love to live by is look good feel good play good so that's why I always dress very well when I go out and even if it's to a I don't know basic bar or something like that my friends are always like wow you like smell really good and you look really dressed up and um, I've never been ashamed of dressing too nicely to a place I would actually much rather be overdressed than underdressed I think that's a huge one as well because um, it doesn't matter if people are always like looking at you if you are dressed really well because at least you're confident in how you look whereas I think I'd be I'd lack a lot more confidence if I show up to an event and I'm underdressed because I'm like oh my god everyone you know you know what I mean so I think the the trade-off uh I wouldn't want and so I'd rather be in maybe that slightly awkward like oops I'm a little more dressed up than everyone else but oh well like I think I look great and I'm gonna rock it you know and again that takes practice it's not like the first time you can automatically say that to yourself or think that or maybe you can you know um, but for sure it's like after a few times you get used to it you realize like first off not everyone is thinking about you they're actually usually thinking about themselves and even if they think or look at you for you know a minute or two like after that you're kind of like out 
of sight, out of mind, you know? So you have to recognize too, like you don't be so selfish and self-centered to the point where you think like, oh my God, everyone is going to think I'm to this or to that. But truthfully, everyone is focused on their themselves more. Like people are more self-centered and inward in a way. So they don't care enough to be like, oh my God, like look at her, you know? And then regarding working on your weaker traits and attributes, I guess I will just share my thoughts on this just by giving an example. So, you know, in 2018, 2019, while I was still in college, I recognized that I wanted to be more toned and have consistency in going to the gym because I just wasn't consistent. And I would say too, to be frank, I was pushed by this because I just wanted to have a more attractive figure And I 100% think this is okay as long as it's for you and not for someone else or not so, you know, you can make someone else, um, you know, like you more or be jealous of you, which I did use that um, as a motivation during this short period of a, a breakup I had way back in the day with my last boyfriend where we weren't together for like seven months and at that time um, because I was like focused on you know maybe trying to reconcile things with him I definitely went to the gym a lot I was like really focused I kept reading and I just was really really heavily working on myself Um, obviously turned out for the better because that's a big part of how this podcast came about but Um, you know, you got to think about how to make it sustainable, right? Like you have to think about why do I want a nicer and healthier figure? Well, for me, it's about, you know, I want to live healthy. I want to live a longer life. And then I also just want to feel good when I wear a sexy dress or wear like these leggings with boots. And like I want, you know, it's okay to want those things. But I think some people mistake that for being too superficial sometimes because it could be tied to impressing someone else. But for me, I would say it's, it's I'm trying to just impress me or I'm just trying to like look good, feel good, you know? And so you have to ask yourself that question, what am I doing this for? Or when I go to Pilates in the morning, like what am I doing it for? I mean, of course, again, it's about having and wanting a nice ass figure, but also staying healthy, keeping the discipline and keeping my lifestyle and my active lifestyle going and so those are kind of the fundamentals of it but the byproduct of doing it is having a really toned physique and so a lot of those things too even with business or um, whatever I think money for example it's a byproduct of having a good and great business because business makes money but only great businesses will make a lot of money. And then a byproduct of that is you have money as a tool and a resource to, you know, pay for, of course, nicer things, which I don't think is wrong either to want. But then you can also use that resource to help others in need. And, you know, that's kind of my, sorry, tangent, but long-term goal is like, I would love to be able to help those um, later on, you know, five, 10 years from now when I am more established in my career, especially in the finance aspect. And I would love to help invest in other people and um, give back in that way. But I guess ultimately what I'm saying in regards to working on the weaker traits is like you have to make it a consistent practice. So when I started to work on my mind and my, I guess you could say wisdom, which is weird to say because you don't think you work on your wisdom, but you inadvertently do just by reading books a lot and by 
taking action on some of the things that you learn. So I, I've been reading the book Letting Go by Dr. David Hawkins. I released an episode um, recently. This was about, I think, the higher consciousness and all that stuff and letting go and how getting what you want is actually just a paradox. And in order to get what you want, you have to let go of that desire. And so that book is a great example of me reading, pausing, reflecting, and then taking action on it and like sitting with my thoughts about it. So for me, that's how I worked on my character in terms, um, again, this is both now and back in the day when I really needed to work on it. You know, I don't want to be redundant, but just always, always wanted to be a better person and how I can serve people around me in a better way and in a more effective way. So it's about being consistent and that goes to whether it's reading books or showing up to the gym or going to work out, it's actually keeping that schedule consistent. So reading a book, instead of reading twice a week for an hour, I would recommend reading every single day for 10-15 minutes. So 10-15 minutes could literally just be a chapter or even half a chapter, right? I do that all the time as well, but I would rather read a little bit and get 0.5% better each day versus have a lull period where it's a couple of days of nothing and then one day where you increase 5% but then the longer you hold off on you know gaining that knowledge or getting those reps in at the gym it kind of adds a little stagnant period you know so uh, for me in regards to going to the gym back in the day I made a schedule to show up three times a week when ultimately I wanted to show up four but I knew the fourth day was the struggle for me and that would also make me feel less confident and not as motivated because I'm like oh like you missed that day and so instead I reframed it in my mind as going three times a week Monday Wednesday Thursday and I did that consistently for four to six weeks in a row just focused on that and then once I did that then I added the fourth day in after the six weeks and then started to make that more consistent so I think by that point I did like Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday. And when I was in school, I definitely didn't really go out that much. So doing a spin class on a Saturday was very easy for me, especially in the morning. And so again, that also goes back to deciding what you want to focus on in your life right now and what you're willing to sacrifice in order to get what you really want. And then again, the byproduct of that is building your self-confidence because you're keeping promises that you made with yourself. So another topic I am going to touch on really quick is about overcoming shyness because this is something that a listener had submitted. And aside from having self-confidence, because I think a big part of overcoming shyness is cultivating more self-confidence within yourself. And again, that just really goes back to what I said earlier in the whole process of becoming self-aware, acknowledging it, accepting it, and then working on it slowly. I think something else you can do to overcome shyness or any sense of being more introverted than you would want is to do something that scares you every day. This for me was my own practice because I am extroverted but maybe like 65% introverted and I think for the most part I give off a very calm demeanor like I definitely don't talk too much when I'm in a group of people and in fact sometimes I seem like the most calm maybe quiet person and in the past that definitely was more shyness than being stoic and calm as I am now but 
with that being said, it just starts with practice. And you can practice by doing something really small and slow. So that could be talking to a stranger or a new person. And maybe, you know, you're in a work group or somewhere. If you're in college right now still, very easy times where you can practice talking to someone new and it doesn't have to be where you're actually intentionally trying to make a new friend or flirt with someone new whatever it could just be for your sake of doing something where it's making you feel uncomfortable at first and that's always the best feeling is when you finally do something that you you know kind of that feeling in your stomach when the roller coaster was at the top and it was about to drop that kind of feeling because I definitely have had those moments too when I'm not on a roller coaster and I'm about to do something that kind of scares me and you know maybe you're past that level of like trying maybe now it's just a matter of okay I need more opportunities to do this you know start at a coffee shop uh, you know while you're waiting in line for coffee ask someone you know how's your day going like that's something I used to be scared about doing is when I came across a barista I wanted to ask them how they were doing and then I would kind of chicken out and so eventually I was just like Emily ask them how they're doing because it often makes their day and it really does and it's a really joyful nice two-minute conversation and I personally love it so definitely do something like that whatever you you guys all know this yourself there's something that makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable and not 100% in your comfort zone and that probably is about talking to someone new or maybe making a request that seems a little ballsy you know sometimes you could like I remember I did this too um this was I think two summers ago when I was in DC with one of my good friends and I was just you know feeling it and I remember asking the bartender because it was at a hotel bar and my friend and I were just having drinks and um he asked us if we wanted like shots like if we did what kind I said well first off is it on the house and he laughed and he didn't say anything but afterwards like we got lemon drop shots and they were indeed on the house and that definitely wasn't something easy for me to ask and I was probably maybe one glass of wine in you know so I probably had a little bit of alcohol in me to like say something like that but again it's just saying things and knowing like hey the worst case scenario is x y and z And for me, it helps if I acknowledge what the worst case could be. And then I go, oh, it's not that bad, right? Like, for example, too, if someone cancels on me, that used to be something that really bothered me. And now I go into each day recognizing like, hey, you know, this person could cancel last minute. And if that happens, that's okay, you know? And I think when you tell your subconscious mind that, it accepts those moments a lot better than when you are caught off surprise because you had maybe false expectations but either way as you continue to practice and build this muscle over time that helps again overcome shyness as well as building confidence in this part where it comes to doing something that's uncomfortable to you and just like anything in life it's not supposed to be easy there will be some moments where a really good conversation comes out of it or you know you make a new friend or that person was nice and pleasant and there will be other times where someone's gonna be like having a bad day and they didn't really like that you were friendly to them and that might make you feel a little shitty too because that has happened to me but then that's okay right because again the more you practice and put yourself out there doing something that makes you feel that you know icky feeling in your stomach like I don't want to do this like just do it and I promise you that's literally all it takes is like you you put yourself out there and you keep practicing 
And specifically on shyness, if it comes, if it's about learning how to talk more and enjoy conversations, I would just try to bring up topics in conversations that bring out your strengths. So that could be your knowledge on a specific topic that maybe the person you're talking to has mutual interest in. So for me, that could be house music, traveling, interior design, fashion, all that stuff, right? Again, it just whatever comes natural to you, figure out if there's a common ground between you and the person you're talking to. Or maybe it's when you approach someone, try to come up with something that's already very natural. So for me, um, I'm definitely not afraid nowadays, like comment on a guy's outfit, especially with fall and winter season. I personally love fashion and style. And I think it's important that everyone has their own sense of style. And I love it when men do. Um, And I've always noticed that European men especially because that's part of their culture with dressing well and their European fashion over there. I just take note of it very easily and I meet a lot of European men in New York and then also just men in general that dress well. So maybe I'll comment and be like, hey, like love your coat or hey, like, you know, love your scarf. Is that from Burberry or whatever? You know, so something like that. Again, it's um, about coming on with this natural kid-like curiosity that I personally believe is very attractive to someone regardless of if it's a stranger that could be a friend or a stranger that you're you know kind of flirting with or not um whatever that could be even too really random I met this guy the other day at the Montclair store and uh, this was in New York and I was just shopping for a new winter jacket and there was a long line outside because it was a Sunday afternoon And I think I ended up waiting 45 minutes in line to get into the store. And I was pretty much about to like leave because I'm like, okay, why am I waiting past 40 minutes? But then we were almost at the front. And I just remember kind of speaking out loud and then pretty much talking to the guy in front of me. I was like, like, man, this line has been long. Like, have you been waiting for a while? And we ended up having a conversation and actually ended up going out for drinks after again completely random and some of my friends are like wow okay of course that would happen to you but honestly you guys I think these weird quirky moments happen just because I say something that's kind of ballsy or like weird or natural and the the second part to that is it's how the person responds right like if they're enjoying the energy I give off or the vibe I give off and I I naturally meant it, then of course it's going to grow organically, right? But if you force something too much, kind of going back to the letting go aspect, if you want something too much, there's going to be a lot of resistance and friction because your mind knows like, oh, I'm trying to get this so hard, but there's like a wall there. Whereas if you just kind of let it go and like say what's really on your mind and let it flow organically, I think that's how those moments come about. And I've noticed I have become more like that because I stopped being scared of how other people would think of me and I stopped being scared of how they would respond, which is probably to my previous fears for the past couple of years until I, you know, really got over this, which was probably over a year ago now. So definitely my advice is just practice, 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 and you will make progress along the way. The last part of this is about how to gain respect from others, especially your peers. And this was also submitted by a listener. And so I figured I would tie it in with this episode. And so my first thought about gaining respect from others is that it simply starts with having respect for yourself 
and actually standing by it. So for example, I value my time as most of you should. And so if someone cancels on me, let's say two times, I will personally most likely distance myself because A, this person doesn't align with my values, which is my time and not doing something like canceling on me for two times in a row. But the second part is that this person doesn't align with me in respecting my time because I wouldn't do this to someone unless it was drastically, you know, like I would explain and communicate, hey, I had no intentions of canceling the second time, but this happened, Um, you know. And so with that being said, if those were just two bad moments and they really respect me, then that person will show 110% effort to find a new time and day and probably cater more towards me. And that's what I would do for someone else too. If there were two moments where I just couldn't control it, I would be self-aware like, oh my gosh, this doesn't look good and I respect their time and I want to show them, hey, this is not normal of me and my character so let me go above and beyond to ensure that we can connect at a right time and day and I will do you know whatever time works more better for you and I will remove whatever on my schedule is like showing that is to the other person who goes okay you really do respect my time because you want above and beyond to make up for it and I would recognize that too and by enforcing this rule so to speak It shows that you are a non-bullshit person and that people have to respect you and your time in order to have access to you. And I don't think this is a really hard rule. I think some of us actually could be a little too soft about it. That's why, you know, some of your friends are like iffy and you're not like 100% about them or some of the people involved in your life are just not 100% respectful towards you and you might wonder why. And sometimes it could be because you have let some of the bullshit seep through and that's something I learned in the past is in order for me to only be surrounded by certain types of people, I don't allow bullshit to come through and that goes with enforcing this respect rule where you have to respect my time and you have to respect that value of mine and there's plenty of people that have, you know, I guess you could say, not uphold the same belief as me in terms of my time and not canceling last minute, all of those things. And when those things happen, I don't really get upset about it anymore. I just go, you know what? That just goes to show that this person isn't aligned with me. And unfortunately, I don't have the space or capacity for them to be present in my life. But If we do realign in the future and they reach out and they make a conscious effort and I can see it, then I will 100% be open to connecting again. But that's the key too is don't be too closed off like, you know, and burn bridges so fast, but respect yourself enough to walk away and be like, hey, you know what? Love you as a person, friend, whoever, but... I don't like when you do these things and you don't have to verbally explain it to someone either unless there comes a point where communicating about it and talking about it is vital and that becomes present in a conversation but sometimes you don't fully need to explain to someone if it's really out of context like if they're super unaware and they're not making that effort to make it up for you etc then I I personally would not necessarily communicate it with that person unless they 
come back and ask, hey, you know, we haven't talked in a while, like, what's going on, you know, then I'd be like, hey, you know what, um, the past two times, you canceled on me, or this happened, whatever, and personally, didn't find that very thoughtful, or didn't feel really respected about that, and didn't think, you know, maybe that you had put much thought into it, so I decided to distance myself, but happy to talk more, you know, Um, And I'm a firm believer in that everything is about communication, especially some of my older friends in their 30s have told me that um, regarding relationships, I think both friendships and romantic relationships, a lot of the problems can be solved just by communicating, but also being strategic about how much energy you need to communicate, right? Like if there feels like an argument or a conversation that keeps going in a circle, at some point, I think silence is also enough communication where you're not doing it out of spite, but you're doing it because you know what? I'm the bigger person. I'm going to walk away and not put energy into it, right? It's just learning to know when to push and pull, I guess you could say. And another note I wrote here too regarding gaining respect from others It's important to speak up when you feel like someone misunderstood you or doesn't respect your opinion, for example. Like, it's important to make it known, but in a respectful way. I've seen so many times where people, um, again, this listener actually had asked how to gain respect from others without making it overbearing. And I think in those cases where you feel like, oh, someone disrespected me because they didn't understand me and they, you know, made it known like that, I think if you keep anything like a like a comment back or rebuttal if you keep it short sharp and sweet so I guess you could call it the three s's I feel like that's usually most effective instead of dragging it out like you don't need to send a long text message you can just be firm in three sentences to be honest like I don't think anyone really needs to elaborate too much on what went wrong or what went right and when you stand up for yourself as well, it shows and represents to other people that you have respect for yourself and that you don't stand for people disrespecting you and that you hold these boundaries. And because if you don't, then people will walk over you and they will feel like it's okay if you don't say anything. So that's a big thing too. So both in friendships and whatever relationships in, you know, at work or romantically, wherever, Always know the right time and right moment to speak up when you feel like that's the most ideal, but also be mindful about the words you use and how you speak about it because I think it's the way we communicate that can often be off-putting or not the most aligned in that setting. And just as a tangent too, I remember telling a good friend of mine when she was showing me her emails that she sent when she felt disrespected at work and I told her a big red flag I saw was that she used the word I way too much in her emails and the way she had said it, it sounded almost like she took it too personal and not saying that it's not okay to take something personal, however, you never want to show that especially in a work setting, but you should show it in like a neutral terminology. So for example, I think it was around how she was removed from a certain team meeting and she was confused slash, you know, maybe slightly offended. And she had used the statement along the lines of, 
I also noticed that I was removed from this meeting. Is there some confusion or something like that, right? And I had advised her that next time she should say, maybe like, depending on the context. In addition, it seems like XYZ meeting was canceled or that I missed involvement in it. Is there anything that I need to know to stay up to date, right? So the the change in that is that you're saying, hey, I'm fucking acknowledging that I wasn't in that meeting for whatever reason it was, whether someone intentionally removed me or something's going on that I don't know about. You're acknowledging it, but in a professional way. But then you're also saying, hey, if there's something I need to know, let me know because I'm requesting it right now. So you're standing your ground by saying, I'm not going to let this slide, but you're saying it in a professional way and allowing someone to clarify, hey, so-and-so, yep, we didn't need your involvement in the meeting, but thank you for following up, right? It allows for that kind of communication to flow. So I know that kind of communication is more in the work and business sense, but again, similar verbiage or similar communication can be used with peers and friends in times of conflict where you feel like you're being disrespected. Um, Definitely don't use too much of the word I where it sounds like everything is personal but just say in a way where you acknowledge something that happened but then you're offering a resolution or offering an approach to understanding what went wrong for clarification on both ends. And then like I said, everything really comes down to communication. So that's also body language. When it comes to body language, I always try to ensure that I stand tall, my shoulders are not slumped over, I'm making eye contact with the person. And again, I know it's really hard to consistently make eye contact with someone, but you just have to practice. And if you do look away, maybe look not like you are purposely looking away, but that you are deep in thought when you're talking about something or someone, whatever. Smiling is a good way to communicate with your body language that you're confident and then also broad shoulders. So again, not slumped, but just kind of nice and and out in a strong position. And honestly, guys, just practice and look at yourself in the mirror. I know that sounds silly, but that's what a lot of people do and I do that myself sometimes like not really much like as of lately but definitely during college and as I was building up my own self-confidence I would practice how I stood and how I looked and how I smiled how I presented myself in the mirror because that's what you do in practice is also how you do in the real performance you know and my last comment on that is that these actions, you know, your body language, when you're speaking loud and you're speaking clear and slow, these actions elicit self-confidence and self-respect about yourself. And as a result, when you're giving off that energy, people will subconsciously treat you with that same energy and that same effect because you're presenting yourself like that. And so it's hard for us as humans to not reciprocate that. Where I think, truthfully, a lot of times in life, whatever we present ourselves as, whatever energy we're coming in with, we get that reciprocation. And the higher frequency you're vibrating at, someone will be able to kind of meet you up there because you're coming in with that higher, more confident energy. And someone and others will ultimately have no choice but to try to vibrate there and upkeep with it because... It just would not vibe if they're 
too low and disrespecting you because someone like you with high energy, good vibes will walk away if someone is not returning the same kindness, politeness, whatever. So I think all this is to say is first, when it comes to building self-confidence, work on your self-awareness, write down what you're great at, what you're not great at, and how you're going to work on both to upkeep what you're great at, your strengths, and then work on improving whatever you're not so great at so that it doesn't come out in a bad light within your life. And then also, when it comes to respect, it all starts with having self-respect for yourself, which I know a lot of people talk about, but... What that really means is that when you have self-respect for yourself, you will walk away when someone does something that you don't appreciate and that is disrespectful towards you. Whereas if you stay and you hang around, it does show to people that it's okay to walk over you. And at that point, I'm going to be honest, that's on you and not on them. So maybe just call yourself out on that and you can work on it as a work in progress. And that was all for today's solo episode around building self-confidence and commanding and gaining respect from your peers and just those around you. I hope you found this episode useful. And if you did, as always, I so appreciate it when you share this episode on your IG stories and tag me and the podcast Instagram at what fulfills you. I love sharing this with my audience. And of course, I love connecting with you when you guys share your feedback, even in the Instagram DMs. For those of you who have DM'd me, you know that I always respond and I take the time to chat with you. And sometimes I will even send voice messages just because that's easy. And I genuinely love connecting with you all because I know everyone is in different time zones and different parts of the world. So for me, that really brings a lot of joy and fulfillment in my life. And for those of you who are also in the US celebrating Thanksgiving, I hope you all enjoy your Thanksgiving holiday with friends and family, whoever you are celebrating with and if you missed out on grabbing the what fulfills you card game for friendsgiving slash thanksgiving then it's still a perfect time to grab it before christmas and holidays because i know a lot of us are still going to be doing more indoor activities with friends and more cozy you know wine nights with um, family friends colleagues all of that so definitely grab it while you can it's available at whatfulfillsyou.com and if you're listening to this during the week of black friday then there's a lot of exclusive priced bundles that are such a good price. So if I were you, definitely grab it while you can. Everything is available at whatfulfillsyou.com. Thanks again for tuning in. I will chat with you all in the next episode. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.